This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by Springer Nature. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. There are thousands of conditions, most of them rare, for which a genetic link has been identified. Many of these diseases never get definitively diagnosed, but there hasn't been a comprehensive assessment of how pediatric patients who may not have received a definitive rare disease diagnosis utilize the healthcare system. So we really wanted to know how many patients are out there that have rare undiagnosed or genetic diseases. Uh, there's really limited evidence around the true prevalence of these diseases in children, um, I think because of the difficulties in diagnosis. And so we wanted to know how many there were and what sort of economic impact this population may have on the healthcare system. Nina Gonzaludo is an expert in health analytics in Illumina's Clinical Genomics Research Group. She's one of the authors of a new study in the journal Genetics and Medicine. To try to figure this out, Dr. Gonzaludo and her colleagues used a healthcare claims data set, the Kids Inpatient Database developed by the Healthcare Cost and Utilization Project. It includes claims from all payers, private insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, and self-pay. But figuring out which claims to consider was a challenge in itself. The patients themselves have a lot of clinical heterogeneity. Some of them, you know, we won't know until several years on that something's wrong with them. So this could be morphological, physiological, functional. And so just, you know, observing that something is wrong and classifying that as a rare disease um, is difficult. So the team took all the inpatient discharges for one year, for 2012, which was the largest data set available. And we took that and we pulled out what we thought were diagnosis codes um, that were indicative for use of genetic testing. Um, so these aren't may not be truly diagnostic for genetic disease, but we think the presence of these codes suggests genetic disease. Uh, so this was a list of around 900 codes compiled by our expert medical geneticists. And then we did a literature search to sort of support the association with genetic disease for the purpose of this analysis. They mapped the codes to phenotypes in the OMIM database and HPO, the Human Phenotype Ontology, to support that the use of these codes suggests genetic disease. And then they split those codes into three different groups, one for those that were definitively associated with a genetic disease, one for those that were likely genetic, and one that was perhaps associated with a genetic disease. They also included the age at discharge. So some diagnoses may be fairly common, for example, scoliosis. But if you see scoliosis in a neonate, that would be very different. So we had this sort of age cutoff that we also applied. They also looked at the number of diagnosis codes per patient and which code was listed first, which is usually the primary indication. In all, they examined 5.85 million discharges. Using our code list, we found in total about 2.6 to 14 percent of the discharges are indicative of a genetic disorder. Uh, this is a fairly small percentage, but then we found that they have a really disproportionately large impact on the healthcare system when we look at healthcare costs. So that 2.6 to 14% of discharges accounted for 11 to 46% of the national bill in 2012. That's up to $57 billion. And those patients with multiple indications have an even higher use of health care. Some of these discharges are, are very complex. And I think that represents the nature of these diseases. And we found that discharges that have a higher number of codes in our code list 
um, they have higher costs associated with them. It's, it's an almost a linear relationship. Dr. Gonzaludo and her colleagues believe this could be an underrepresentation of healthcare use and costs because they're just looking at a snapshot of inpatient codes. So there could be a lot happening outside the inpatient group. And, and this data set actually didn't show whether things were happening in the NICU or PICU. So there could be stuff happening outside of that setting and represent costs that we're just not able to capture. Because they were only looking at one year, they also couldn't capture a patient's true diagnostic odyssey for pediatric genetic diseases. These could go on for longer than a year. For such data, they'd need to do a prospective rather than a retrospective study with full patient details. Dr. Gonzaludo says to her, the main takeaway from the study is to focus both payer and hospital attention on patients who suffer from rare genetic diseases. So they think it's it's so uncommon that it's not very important. And the takeaway here is just using this loosely defined criteria. It may not be common, but it has such a substantial economic impact that using newer technologies that might shorten this diagnostic odyssey for this patient group is really something that we need to start quantifying. Dr. Gonzaludo says they have no way of knowing how many patients in this cohort actually were diagnosed with a genetic disease because they don't have patient-specific data. But she says that other research indicates that many, if not most, weren't able to take advantage of advanced genetic testing that could assist with more rapid diagnosis. And so access to genetic testing could bring down these healthcare costs. There needs to be more cost-effectiveness studies around this population. And just the starting point is really prevalence and how much impact this has. Um, If we don't know the number and how to come at that population, we really can't even do these sort of studies. So we can't say for sure, yes, genetic testing is going to reduce the diagnostic odyssey and result in cost savings. Um, But we can say that this is a significant population. We think there's underutilization of genetic testing, but, you know, we, we have to start at really just defining the population. And I think that's that's a big part of this study is just saying who are these people, how many are they, and what sort of impact might they have. Genetics and Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by Springer Nature. I'm Cynthia Graber.